You're listening to The Real Word Podcast, produced by Reading Opens Minds. I'm Lauren, and this season on The Real Word, we read and discussed the following books. Me Before You by Jojo Moyes, Cuckoo's Calling by Robert Galbraith, a.k.a. J.K. Rowling, The Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman, The Tattooed Soldier by Hector Tobar, Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng, and Pleasantville by Attica Locke. From these books, we've considered questions about parental expectations and the sheltering and protection of family. I feel like parents lie to protect us more than we lie to protect them. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. I I think we lie to protect ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that is different, isn't it? The amount of power we have as individuals in shaping our lives. What the future else is yeah. there? Yeah. Exactly. There's plenty of people who just stay at home their entire lives and they don't do much. Because? They don't have someone or something to inspire them to go further. Do you think they're scared? They're scared, of course. Are you ever scared? Definitely. <laughs> Aspirations for the future and how we deal with the inconsistencies of our world and how we can survive change. And the number one thing I I think I want people to think about that book, about that book is the ways in which we can survive change. Change is survivable. Our wonderfully wise students have been able to use these well-crafted novels to help them carve out a better understanding of their world. What I don't get at times is religion. Like, why do you fight? Like, why do you, like, hate other religions? Like, I believe, like, religion is just one thing everyone can get together and believe in. I don't get why, like... You fight because you don't like what's in one religion and people don't like what's in your religion. Like, I believe like you should just grow into one big community just to appreciate like one thing. So in order for a species to be a species, they have to be relatively like, like they have to be similar. They have to be, yeah, more similar than different. And as I said, with uh, diversity, we all start from somewhere. I think some of you know where I'm going with this. Um, so. So if we're all similar, like more similar than different, and we all start somewhere, does that mean, and we're all human, does that mean we're all related? We've been mentioning college throughout this season, and I'm happy to report that 100% of our book club seniors were accepted to college. I mean, like 100% applied, 100% got in somewhere. So pretty much everybody who applied got into some? Form of college, yeah. That's great. It's awesome. Congrats. I spoke with one of our program alumni, Jackie Amezqua, who's on a posse scholarship, full tuition for all four years, at Dickinson College in Pennsylvania. I asked her about how joining book club in her sophomore year of high school is helping her now. Yeah, um, I think that there was, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, I think, because I'd never met a group of people that were as into reading as I was. I just thought that like me reading was something that was like completely out of the normal because I'd never grown, I I didn't grow up seeing people read a lot around me. Like it was not a thing that people did a lot. And so when I was able to to join, when I I remember joining this this club and like sitting there and and seeing a group of people who had also read the same book that I had, but then the discussion that followed, it was like everybody, I was able to say that everybody was interpreting this book in different ways that I had, and I was like learning from what they were saying. And I think that that was like the most amazing thing for me, like for a first meeting and like being there and having read this book, is like that everybody was understanding and interpreting things in an entirely different way that I was. And I think that that was like, 
I think that was a really important part for me, and it was like something that brought me back. And I think the environment itself, I always felt safe there, and I, I think I got that from my first meeting. Is that that was like a safe environment for me, and I felt like I was my my true self. Like I felt like I, I was in a space where I was not going to be judged for having different ideas and opinions. And I think that was important for me. I think I needed that. I think that I mean naturally, I think that I was a, I, I'm a quiet person, and I think that that book club challenged who I wasn't in good ways because in, in, in a lot of ways I was challenged to to speak on on like behalf of how I was understanding and interpreting things and kind of, you know, not necessarily argue but, you know, discuss those those interpretations, but then also hear what other people were saying. And I think that that's a challenge that I think I see a lot of people struggle with on like in college too, is that people struggle when people have different views as they do. And I think that being in, in book club, I, you know, I was in a space where it, you know, it was a safe environment. So I needed to, to respect that safe environment and understand that people weren't going to interpret this book in the same way I was. And I think that that translates well into the, me being on campus because I see that people constantly have different views, but when someone has a different view than they do, they just like are they just cut them off completely. You know, like you know, if people don't have the same view as you, then they're just like out. You know, and I think that book up taught me that like it's okay for people to have different opinions as you do. You know, because we're all understanding and interpreting the world around us different differently. And I think that was really a really important part of book club for me. Then she started telling me about a paper she wrote on immigration. I was writing about immigration, and I was writing about how you know migration is natural for species, like migration, like you know species naturally migrate. Um, over time, and I was saying, you know, humans, we're the same, we're species too, you know, like we naturally migrate. We've seen our students take advantage of our programming because they're hungry for knowledge and hungry to experience a world outside of their communities. Some of them have dreams of being artists and writers, but these dreams sometimes become unattainable due to lack of resources available to them because of their race and socioeconomic situation. But odds are I'm gonna stay in the state of California. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Because you'd originally said New York. Yeah, and then I was thinking you know, over like I don't, I'm not going to art school anymore. Yeah. Really? Yeah. The question then arises: Are we running the risk of losing these unique voices? A lot of them are not gonna are not going to make that decision. It just you know that that saps away at a lot of our. I mean, already there's already a problem with. The fact that we have a very, you know, we have a smaller middle class. Voices like these. So, now that we talk about, like, this whole what is beer thing, I've been thinking, like... What is like, life? <laughs> what is that? What is that? A waterfall. Like, you're inside a cave, and there's a waterfall there, but on the other side, you see, like, this bright light, and that must be the exit. So, this waterfall to you can be a trickle, and you can just, like, pass through it, or it can be this giant stream that you can't really bring yourself to go to. Or perhaps it's like this really thin, um, like this really thin like layer of water that looks really big. So you don't feel, you don't, you're, you feel too scared to go pass through it. But if you stay like in fear of passing the waterfall, like passing through the waterfall long enough, you start like kind of suffocating in its mist. We at Reading Opens Minds want to keep the voices of these young people, these cultures, alive in this country. Reading, especially for schools in low-income areas, seems to have almost completely lost its importance and value. The more we turn our attention away from reading and critical thinking, the less vibrant and resilient we become. 
We want to continue to give attention, love, encouragement, and new books to the people in our programs because we know, especially in these times of disconnection, building supportive relationships in our communities is incredibly important. We live in a world where teenagers, such as ourselves, are seen as children but expected to act as adults. And you guys, um, as I've noticed, you've been able to, like, kind of, like, yeah, balance and, like, see the appeal and fun and be able to discuss with both sides of us. And I think that not only appeals to you, like, to you guys that you're able to, like, that we're able to relate, but also to us because a lot of times there are many people that see us as just children, like, oh, they're just kids, they'll grow up one day. Hmm. Others that see us, oh, they're adults, like ever since freaking sixth grade, they were thinking about college, thinking about their future. But you guys have like been very like, okay, what do you, what do you guys think? How do you guys feel? How do you see the world? How do you view the world? What are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> and by the way, there's cookies. Yeah. I think that what I think what it boils down to is that she and I respect you. Yes. So when we come, we're excited to come because yeah. we, we also like the food. But <laughs> when we come, it's like I'm thinking, and she and I think you are too, like what are they going to think of this book? Special thanks for this episode goes to Jackie Amezqua for producing and to all of the people who donated to our Indiegogo campaign last year to make this project happen. If you want another season of The Real Word, you can donate at our website, just click the donate button, or if your company wants to sponsor the next season, please contact me at lauren at readingopensminds.org. We hope to have the opportunity to produce season two of The Real Word for you. Until then, I'm Lauren, wishing you happy reading. You've been listening to The Real Word Podcast, produced by Reading Opens Minds and edited by Saul Black. You can find us on iTunes or the podcast app on your phone or on the web at lareviewofbooks.org slash the-real-word. Thank you to the LA Review of Books staff and supporters for giving this podcast a home and some tender loving care. For more information about Reading Opens Minds, go to readingopensminds.org. There you can subscribe to our newsletter and see what else we're up to. 